Previously on the Omen podcast. So Omen is going to be a um, is, is an investigatory group. They were set up by the UN to investigate paranormal and weird things. Uh, my character is uh, Dr. Martin Bengtsson. Dr. Martin Julius Bengtsson. That's his middle name. Very important. Hey, my name is Koala Jackson, and I'm here to say I'm not allowed within 200 feet of a building of governance. I'm playing Annabelle St. John, and I've been learning how to shoot a gun since I could fit one in my hand. My character is Edmund Black. Uh, he's a pretty young man. He's incredibly interested in studying at Oxford University. He plays kind of fast and loose with details. Archaeologists have recently uncovered a large black sarcophagus containing the bodies of three individuals. What is important, however, is the liquid surrounding said corpses. The liquid has otherworldly properties. Most humans exhibit a strong desire to drink the substance. You will collect the purified vial for Omen. You get to the new um, Egyptian museum. This is Amir. These are the agents from Omen who have come to pick up the uh, vial of liquid. The lights turn off, there is a massive power cut, all the computers go off, and everything falls apart. What will happen next? Find out on this exciting episode of Omen. So, you're in the room, all the lights have gone off, and Amir is looking a bit confused. What are you going to do? Well, for my part, I totally trust Amir. <laughs> can I even see anything right now? Can we make an observation check? Uh, yes, all, all make an observation check. Uh, oh, that's a three. <laughs> yeah, so Martin can't see a bloody thing. Uh, Koala Jackson can see reasonably well, but Annabelle, with her sharp eyes from many years of shooting guns... Uh, you can see perfectly. Um, Amir is just sort of standing there, and everyone's just sort of standing there looking like lemons. Um, it's at that point that Amir says, We should probably go down and check the power. But what about the party? The party isn't for another hour. We need to go downstairs and check the power, possibly. Don't you have maintenance people for this? We do. She should be down there right now. Am I armed? Do I have my guns? You do have one of your guns, yes. Okay. How did she bring it onto the plane? Don't ask questions. It's called a prison purse. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're certainly one to judge. That's unpleasant. I pull out a purse to, like, actually show him a genuine purse. And it says prison on it. <laughs> That's a good brand. It's a lead-lined purse, so it's got your gun in it, and no one can see what's inside it when it's going through scannings. Exactly. Seems problematic with uh, metal detectors, for sure. <laughs> Can I can I pull my gun? Yeah, you can draw your gun. So you draw your gun, um, and you've got it in front of you, ready to shoot if you ever needed to. Um, and Amir walks to the door and opens it, uh, and suggests that she said he says Samara's probably downstairs. We should probably go and see if she's all right. I'm gonna try the light switch <laughs> just in case. Martin walks up to the light switch, uh, flicks the light switch on and off. It doesn't do anything. I'm going to try the light switch as well. Edmund walks up to the light switch. Can I do a luck roll on this? A luck roll? Um, yeah, okay. You have to roll 
a 22. <laughs> okay, it doesn't work. Let's go. Amir looks at you both and just goes, what the hell are you doing? The power's out. I would also like to flip the light switch. I just wanted to check. You never know. All right, so Koala Jackson goes up and flicks the light switch. Roll for luck, 22, please. <laughs> Koala Jackson flicks the light switch and nothing happens because the power's off, you moron. <laughs> so you all follow Amir downstairs. He sort of wobbles down the stairs. Um... Uh, and you uh, get to the bottom and then you go down into sort of like the the maintenance access areas of the museum. So unlike the beautiful sort of uh, alabaster and, and, and um, marble areas up, up top, you're suddenly surrounded by really sort of drab painted walls and um, really crap sort of linoleum floors. Uh, and they're still kind of dusty from all the um, work that's been going on. Can I whisper something to Edmund? I was going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Can we both whisper to Edmund at the same time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You both lean in to each other, like one through one ear and one through the other ear. I don't trust this guy. How does Amir know where to go if there's no lights on? Well, this is his museum. That's a stupid point. But, I mean, why did the lights come off? Why do we need to go there? There's something fishy here, Edmund. Amir has really nice shoes. I wonder where he got them from. Amir, so you, you follow Amir down in his nice shoes, uh, and he opens up a door, and inside there is a woman. She's uh, pulling out wires, putting them back in, looking really frantic and just looking kind of annoyed. Um, and Amir comes in and goes, Samara, are you okay? Uh, and Samara looks back and goes, No, of course I'm not okay. We've had a massive power cut. Everything's a mess. She's very angry about what's going on. Um, you can tell she's really perturbed. Can you use a smaller word for Koala Jackson? Hmm? Can you use a smaller word than perturbed for Koala Jackson? <laughs> she is not best pleased. Ah. Ah, there we go. Thank you, Koala. Can uh, Martin attempt to uh, mansplain how to fix the um, <laughs> electricity box? Okay, sure. Why not? Uh, can you roll for... Uh... Persuasion. Uh, you have to roll 15 or more. <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> Samara turns around and she slaps you. <laughs> well, I deserve that. <laughs> she goes, shut up. It's, this is my job. This is my room. I will fix this. And she turns around and with one foul swoop, pulls a switch on the wall and all the lights come back on and you hear the noise of the um, generators turning back on. I'm kind of frustrated that when she pulled the switch, it worked. And yet, when we all tried the switch, a different switch, it didn't work. Do you understand electricity and, and, and how... I mean, I get the gist of it. <laughs> Do you know? Did you, the, the switch to make the thing go didn't make it go. Well, you didn't know how it worked either. Well, I just wanted to double check. Samara rolls her eyes and says, well, anyway, uh, everything's sorted down here, so you can, you can all go. I've, I've got to get some programming done for tomorrow. These login cards aren't working properly. And she goes back to her computer, like boots it up and starts typing away really, really quickly on the computer. Which login cards weren't working correctly? She goes, all the login cards aren't working right now. Including Amir's. Amir's not used a login card as of yet. Login cards only work for restricted access rooms. The only restricted access rooms are the rooms with the labs and the rooms with the artifacts. You're telling me anyone could walk into this basement and flick the switch? Well, no, because I work in here, so it wouldn't happen. 
and we lock up the building at night and there are weed switches everywhere so you wouldn't be able to deal with that. So Samara is the this place is like last line of security then basically. Samara is their IT technician, yes. Uh, she is in charge of pretty much making sure that this place doesn't fall to bits. But does she not get sick ever? She's she's plucky. She's very plucky. Um, <laughs> Bacteria hate plucky people. I, I sorry. I I, I want to. I feel like I want to bring up with Amir that the the infrastructure of this hotel, not hotel, this this facility, this museum. Say hotel. Say hotel though. <laughs> okay. Um, the the infrastructure of this hotel doesn't make any sense. I want to look very smug and say, Uno. Amir looks at you, confused for one second, and goes, look, this museum is doing perfectly fine. We are spending the money we have been given as well as we can. We have spared no expense. How does he know it's going fine if it's not open yet? It's fine. The, we are, the buildings are on schedule. Uh, everything is looking great. We are ready for going. And then Samara looks at him and goes, really? Really? And Amir goes, yeah, yeah, for sure. He goes, right, we've got to go anyway. I'm going to show you the uh, labs. I really like Amir's confidence. He is very confident, isn't he? He looks at you, he looks at Samara, and at this point, do you want to chat with Samara before we go, or, or do you want to leave her be? I feel like I've done enough damage in that area already. Yeah, she's not very happy with you. Um, I wouldn't recommend like striking up a conversation, specifically you. I, on the other hand, feel that I have made a wonderful impression with Samara. You can feel whatever you want, but like it might not necessarily mean it's true. <laughs> I like to look at Smar very seriously and say, Infrastructure. Logins. Amir. Science. Win? Are you okay, Jackson? Wow. She, she looks at you, and then she she just says, I'm not a computer. That doesn't work on me. And then she just like goes right off with you and shoes you out of the room. Uh, and the door slams shut behind you. I just want to give him the pieces that we hid. And and Amir, Amir comes in and says, D -d -d "Don't worry about her. She's plucky." He guides you down the down the road and he goes, "Yeah, we found the uh, coffin in a plain tomb outside of Sidi Geba, one of uh, the parts of uh, Alexandria. Um, the preliminary exploration suggested that the skeletons were three army officers. It turns out that uh, one of them uh, had a, an arrow lodged directly into his skull." We don't actually know why they're in there. We believe it's some sort of um, ritualistic uh, burial of some very, very nasty people. And so you end up going through into this room and a bright light hits you in the face uh, and you are through into the labs. And there, behind some bulletproof glass, is the coffin. And the coffin is a great big nine-foot black coffin. It has a bunch of skeletons inside of it. Inside the coffin as well is a bunch of strange-looking red liquid which is swirling around. Is there any sort of writing or anything on, on, on the outside of the sarcophagus? There is a little bit of sort of very, very, uh, like, damage writing on it. Um, it's in hieroglyphics, and uh, around the coffin at this moment in time are these great big sort of, like, what look like Tesla coils. Um, and they're humming, like, different modular frequencies. You can even hear them through the glass. The glass is kind of sort of vibrating. Um, just wanted to check what the hieroglyphics actually say, being, like, the linguistics professor guy. Uh, you can only work out two words, um, and one of them is swit, and the other one is ba. They are two parts of the Egyptian soul. The rest of the information is scarred out. Okay. At that point, uh, Amir 
guide you to another location where there is on a, a pedestal a alabaster head. Okay, the thing is, I've been dying to do this. I see the vibrating glass. I see the thing behind the glass. I see the Tesla coils. I have these suspicions. I don't know what suspicions are, but they sound like not good. So I have a skill on my ellipses sheet. It's in my log that says hard-headed. It says I can headbutt anything and anyone without penalty. <laughs> I want to headbutt the glass. All right, um, headbutt the glass. You have to roll a 20 or more in strength. 23. <laughs> Flipping hell. Okay, so you you go up to the glass and you've been hit with your head and the glass shatters. Suddenly the glass is gone uh, and Amir looks at you and goes, what the hell was that for? Look at the glass. Look at yourself. It's a confluence of spears. I assume there are now shards of glass stuck in Koala Jackson's forehead. There are. Um, I would like Koala Jackson to lose one health, please. Okay, it says I do this without penalty. There's no penalty to this. All right, there are just pieces of glass in your head then for the minute, and you're, like, picking them out. <laughs> After hearing Koala Jackson uh, talking to Samara earlier uh, with their incredibly scientific turns, I foolishly misunderstand koala's handle on the situation and also decide to start headbutting things really (laughs) (laughs) how did any of you get this job i don't i don't even have words for this in or out of character i'm sorry (laughs) i just shake my head so you start headbutting things for some reason targeted headbutting i want to use this as a teachable moment i can teach you i look deep into edmund's eyes and you I'm just looking deep in his eyes. I said I can teach you. This is this is a this is a moment for him to accept my teaching. My my lip quivers a little bit, but I say yes. All right. So you see that bust over there, the stone bust. Yeah. Can I interrupt and roll to pistol whip him? Please, please do. What is roll to pistol whip? Just knock him out. One or more, please. <laughs> What? What am I rolling? <laughs> in, uh, in, in, um, agility. Nice, okay. I am used to being pistol with. I want to try to get out some words as she's coming towards me. As you're walking towards him, what do you say, Koala? I say, inside, everything that looks hard is a little soft thing waiting to be broken. And at that moment, <laughs> she smacks you around the head. <laughs> and you fall to the ground. I deserve it. Amir is looking like... Just really confused. He doesn't understand, and um, he goes, "Is this really all that Omen can offer?" And at that moment, in comes Yasmin Safar, who is Amir's personal assistant, and she comes in and goes, oh, "I, I, I have no. What the hell is going on here?" And she looks at the guy on the floor and walks up to him and goes, "Is he okay? Why does she have a gun?" Well, now it's because I'm American. Ain't you ever seen one? Unfortunately, yes, she says, and she rolls her eyes. We all have a lot of questions about what's going on here, yeah. Amir goes, anyway, moving on from this ridiculous display, the alabaster head over here was found with the coffin. Uh, It has no discernible features. We believe that it is a symbolic representation of those within the coffin. Everything that made them once human has been chipped away. We believe that the magical liquid does something along these lines we're not entirely sure though and this is why omen are so interested the tesla quails which are they are uh, formic energy spokes and what they do is they uh, nullify the waves coming from the liquid which compels people to want to drink it i mean i kind of want to drink it anyway please, please do not drink it we've already had four people die 
from drinking it. The, pe- the original people who searched for the coffin, they all were compelled to drink it when they opened the coffin and they all died. It was not very pretty. Uh, the deaths are quite horrific. He points to the sign. They've got like a specifically made sign, which has a picture of a man drinking the thing. Like, you know, the stick men you get? Yeah. He's got one of them, uh, and there's a picture of him drinking it, and then immediately afterwards there's a fit picture of like a skeleton in exactly the same pose. So no drinking, got it. I'm really thirsty. Um, I appreciate not, not for that, but it, I do also think it's irresponsible even for them not to have like drinking fountains in the lab when the only other drinkable liquid is there, and also so appealing. It's a very vibrant red. I was going to say, if they install a, a drinking fountain here, maybe... Yeah, may- maybe those people would still be alive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Samir goes, well, but they were they were at the dig site, so we didn't actually have any water at the dig site. Exactly. Now that you mention it, uh, could could you uh, write that one down, please, Yasmin? Uh, we could do with getting some bottled water in here for the scientists. Uh, and Yasmin goes, of course, uh, right away. I feel really proud of my suggestion. She writes it down on a little notepad. And then Yasmin goes, you do realize what time it is now? He looks down at his watch and goes, oh god, we're going to be late for the, uh, we're going to be late for the, um, party. Oh, that would be a shame. At that point, you guys leave the, um, museum. Who's carrying Koala? Koala has woken up. I'd like to kick him awake if he hasn't. Yes, okay, Bengston gives him a gentle nudge. It brings him to his senses. All of you then get up, go out and then travel to the boat. As we're traveling, I just keep asking people, who am I? Where, where am I? Oh god. Still you, Koala. <laughs> that pistol whip was really bad. Koala, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like my name. Sounds like my name would be Vol. <laughs> Vol? Vol, Michigan. Vol, Michigan. Vol, Michigan. Okay. Can I still call you Koala, though? I feel like that would be kind of rude, considering I just told you my name was Vol Michigan. That's true. Okay, Mr. Michigan. Vol Michigan and the rest of the team go to the yacht, uh, and when they get there, it is a great big yacht. It is genuinely impressive. It's the kind of thing that you'd expect like really, really rich people to go on. There we have Annabelle St. John, Koala Jackson, Edmund Black, and Dr. Martin Benston. Benson. Benson. <laughs> uh, and they walk in. They are completely underdressed for the situation. There are ambassadors and there are lots of rich people and loads of stuff going on. On one side, there is a bunch of casino stuff. And on the other, there is uh, some singing and dancing going on. And there's a DJ and everything's quite crazy. The boat takes off uh, and you are free to mingle. So, what are you going to do? I'm going to put my gun away. <laughs> Have you been holding the gun out this whole time? I mean, like, it came in handy, so it's fine. Just ready for the next time that Vol decides to become another marsupial of some kind. I would like to avoid mingling at all costs. The nearest bar, please. Good choice. Okay. So you managed to get to the bar without anyone accosting you, uh, and you managed to get a drink, and everything's nice for you, and you have a, you're having a wonderful time. And then I sit next to you. Then, then, then Vol Jackson, Vol Michigan, whatever your name is now, um, <laughs> comes up beside you and he chats to you. So what are you going to say? I come and I sit down and I say, I want three wallaby wrestlers, two for my friend, one for that person over there. I'm not drinking. I, 
what is a wallaby wrestler? So a wallaby wrestler is you take uh, vodka, you take water, you take apple juice, you take the hair of a green bat, and you throw it all I'll away. just have a gin and tonic, please. You throw it all away. Throw it all away, and you fill it with whiskey. Whiskey and something else. There's something else. There's, there's um, it's something familiar. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's uh, salt. Whiskey and salt. Whiskey, salt, Coca-Cola. That's it you get right there. The bartender goes, oh, okay then, sure, and he goes off and prepares your drinks. What is Edmund Black doing? Um, so I want to find a place to gamble, but before I do that, um, I just want to uh, go speak to, to, to Koala or, or, or Volt. Uh, how, how is your memory doing, Volt? I feel like Vol isn't a good name for me. <laughs> okay, but do you remember what your other name was? Because, like, I kind of lent you some money earlier. Oh, wow. And I was wondering if you remember giving it. You haven't given that back yet, so I was just wondering if you could uh, just just sort me out with uh, um, some cash. I have. What's the what's the currency of uh, the region? I sincerely don't know. Egyptian pound. All right. So I'm looking at my wallet. I have, a, I have about. Ah, oh, man. I'm sorry, but I only have three thousand euros. Will that sort you out? <laughs> yeah, we'll call it a deal. That's fine. It's a bargain. It, thank you, mate. I'm I'm sorry. Just my my memory. It's just I get in these situations. Oh, I'm a bit of a wanky guy. More salt, please. That that whiskey needs more salt. I'm a bit of a wanky guy, and sometimes just things get out of hand. I thought he wasn't drinking. It's fine. It's fine. Why don't I come with you just to make sure that that your gambling goes well, uh, or whatever you plan to do with money? It's not my business. I just want to make sure. Like, I'm really sorry. I just want to make amends. It's fine. It's fine. If if I tell you what, I'm gonna double it anyway, so you can probably have it back. This is gonna go great. Edmund is so great at this. I'm whispered to Martin. He knows everything. Uh, Martin says nothing but rolls his eyes very loudly. So what is at this moment in time? What is Annabelle St. John doing? Well, um, I'm gonna roll up to the bar, and I'm gonna ask them for a sweet tea, and I assume they ain't gonna have any idea what that is, but I'm gonna keep insisting. That they get me a sweet tea. And they, they, they look at you, sort of gone out. And at that moment in time, Amir comes up to you uh, and he goes, Hello. How are you? I'm doing quite fine. Yourself? It's been a stressful day, as you, as you know. Uh, what with everyone uh, hitting each other and, and, and breaking uh, the equipment. Uh, but I'm glad that you managed to uh, hit one of them around the head to knock them out. Well, I'm hoping I don't have to go around doing that all the time. It's not quite good for my gun. Uh, I completely understand, but, but it was it was quite impressive as well. And and he continues to talk to you really awkwardly for like several minutes. Um, and at the same time, we hear the telltale sound of the uh, dice being thrown at gambling tables where Edmund Black is. And I would like Edmund to please roll... A 15 or more in luck. Oh. Holy crap. Snap. <laughs> so, Edmund hits it big, and he rolls the perfect roll for whatever game he is rolling for. It's blackjack. That's where my name comes from. So he's rolling a <laughs> blackjack. What? No, you don't play blackjack with the dice. That's a good point. He gets a perfect 21 in blackjack, and he cleans up. He has not only doubled, but quadrupled the money. So what is he going to do? 
Uh, I'm going to triumphantly get up and forget that I've left my money on the table. Amazing. You're that drunk, are you? I haven't actually had anything to drink at this point. I'm just riding really high on life. You get up and you leave your money, uh, and Vol Michigan, who is sitting next to him... Well, I wasn't sitting next to him. I'm still sitting next to Martin. Oh, I thought you'd gone to go... No, no, he, he told me to stay where I was. I respect people's boundaries. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I'm encouraging you <laughs> to drink the Wallaby Wrestler. The, the sugary, salty whiskey drink. Um, I got you too, mate. I mean, uh, I think I think uh, Martin is a little bit intimidated and takes a sip at least. And as he takes a sip and places the drink to his his lips, and the, he feels the saltiness of the, the salt around the rim. At that moment, you hear a loud scream and a splash from near the back of the boat. And on that bombshell, that's the end of this episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. The Omen podcast is powered by Ellipsis RPG, the accessible donationware rule set, now available on itch.io. If you like what you're hearing, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. You can tweet to us at the hashtag OmenCast, that's O-M-E-N-Cast, and who knows, you might get a special mention in one of the episodes from us. Thank you for listening, and remember, stay vigilant. You never know what's out there.